In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christmas carolers can be kind of demanding. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to this, but they start off pretty good, singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year, glad tidings to you, and so on and so forth. And in fact, I heard a great version of this from the 1800s. It went something like this, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year, and a pantry full of good roast beef, and a cellar full of beer. A nice Christmas greeting from some Christmas carolers, wouldn't you think? But of course, the song goes on. You know how it goes. They turn from cheery greetings to all of a sudden kind of pressing a little bit. Now bring us some figgy pudding, they start to sing. Now bring us some figgy pudding. And then, in case you haven't heard, they say, we won't go until we get some. We won't go until we get some. Christmas carolers can be kind of demanding. That's not how it was. It's not how it was for the shepherds when they heard the carols of the angels that night. I think that often we have a misconception of what that was like for the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. That is, it was as though some Christmas carolers appeared in the sky out of nowhere singing joyful songs and maybe, maybe demanding some figgy pudding. It wasn't like that at all. Instead, it was something more like this. First, one angel appears, surrounded by the glory of God. And then, when the multitude of angels appears, it's not a robed choir of angels, but it is a heavenly host. That is the army of God. You see, this isn't some meek and mild choir of angels, but this is God's soldiers, his army, appearing in the heavens to announce good news to the shepherds. So now picture that. Instead of having the carolers knock at your door singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas, instead, you hear a knock at the door and you open the door and it's the police sergeant standing there, floodlights coming in behind him. You'd be shocked and afraid, just like those shepherds were. And then, after he gives you some greetings, don't, don't be afraid, I've got good news for you. Then, coming from behind him is the SWAT team, pouring into your house. This is what it was like for the shepherds that night. To see this messenger bringing good news of great joy, it was stunning, terrifying, and it was hopeful. After all, these soldiers were not dressed in combat gear. They weren't wearing their fatigues and they weren't armed with service weapons. Instead, listen to the message that those angels proclaimed. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This isn't angels showing up for battle, but this is instead a military parade. This is a victory parade. Even now, while the baby Jesus still lies in the manger, the angels are singing about the peace that has come to earth because Jesus has been born. So instead of brandishing weapons that they're using to kill, they are you know, wielding gleaming swords, sabers that are dressed up for a parade, a victory parade. This is not a moment of battle, but this is a moment of glory. This is a moment of rejoicing. Now here's the question for you to consider this Christmas. Why? Why an army? Why is it an army that shows up that Christmas night? Why is it an army that announces this good news? In the first place, it's simply for this reason. It's because Jesus is a king. I think that is something that is often lost on us, but the importance of that, the significance of the fact that Jesus is a king comes out in our texts tonight. Did you notice what kind of a king the people had at that time? King Herod, a king who was 
conniving and conspiring who murdered his own sons, who was ready in the next breath to murder all the baby boys in Bethlehem. Those are the kinds of kings that this world produces, even the best ones, even the likes of David and Solomon, even they are sinners and weak and frail. We have not had a good king since God was our Lord and king in the Garden of Eden. And when Adam and Eve hid and they fled from him, we have ever since been plagued by awful kings, rulers of this world who do not love us, who do not care for us, who shepherd us into misery and darkness and oppression. And that's just the kings that are out there, but you're also governed in your own heart by a sinful king. When you bow to your own wishes, when you do what your heart desires, you're governed by a king no better than Herod, who will do what it takes to get what you want. But now, this morning, this evening, at Christmas, when Jesus is born, a new and better king has arrived, a perfect king, a king who will rule in righteousness. Listen to what he will do. He will not judge according to what his eyes see. That is, he will not be open to bribes. You can't walk up to him and hand him some cash and then get your way. Instead, he judges for the poor and the meek and the oppressed. He lifts up the lowly. He does what is right. He always does what is good. He shepherds us like a good shepherd, leading us to still waters and green pastures. He is the most righteous king, and so it is fitting. It is fitting that even as he lies there in a manger, it's an army that shows up to hail the shepherds, to tell them about his birth, to tell them that their king has now arrived, that the king long promised, the Christ, the anointed one, the one prophesied so long ago, he is here. He is here, and it's victory that's been declared. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. That is, your heavenly Father, the God who created the heavens and the earth, has smiled on you. He looks down on us and he sees us suffering under the weight of sin, the burdens of sorrow and grief and tragedy, the closeness of death and ever-present mourning. He sees all of that and he comes and he smiles on us and he suffers it all for us and with us so that on this day you can be glad, this day and all days you can be glad because the Lord who made the world with a word has redeemed you by his word, the Son of God, sending him to the cross to die for you, to bear the punishment for your sins, to give his life for yours. And so it is peace on earth and goodwill toward men. This is not like having so many carolers knock at your door expecting figgy pudding. In fact, you don't have to do anything. This is the most startling thing about Christmas. You don't have to do anything. Jesus was born. And so it is all done for you. You get to be like the shepherds, hearing this message, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Your sins are forgiven. Rejoice. Eternal life awaits you in heaven. All that you have to do is go and see this thing that has happened. And here you are. All that's left for you to do is to glorify God and to give praise to him for the wondrous things that he has accomplished among you. Be like the shepherds. This evening and tomorrow and all your days, be like the shepherds treasuring all these things, glorifying God for the goodness that he has shown to you, praising God that at long last, although the ages of the world have passed by and people have been shadowed in darkness since time immemorial, light has shone on you. Praise God and Merry Christmas.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.